Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and him, Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Uh, Later in the show, we'll hear from Sophia Axelson, who's the goalkeeper for Clapton FC. Uh, She'll be telling us more about the... (laughs) Pretty is one word, disappointing prize money and offer in the women's game at the moment. And tell us how the club actually lost money on its highly successful FA Cup run this season. That's all to come, Kieran. But um, first, uh, contrasting news in the FA Cup draw for, for us. We got a nice a nice plum tie against the normal league team at home. And you've got yet another dreary old Premier League game. Yeah, the the Baroness wants to visit Spurs' new stadium, so that's that's the one positive that I'm taking from it. Um, and it, it should it should be a good game. Uh, yeah, we're playing well at present. Spurs yeah. are very good on their day, but uh, their, their their day isn't it's a bit up and down at present. Yeah, we we were the first team to play in the new Spurs stadium, which was an interesting experience. Uh, <laughs> But that was the end of one season, and then we played them at the beginning of. So we, we became the first team to lose there, and then the first team to lose there twice. Uh, and now I believe we're the first team to lose there four times. Uh, right. That's a run we'll keep going. But before we talk to um, Sophia, and it's a really interesting and slightly disheartening interview, there are some news stories, Kieran, some quite hefty ones as well. Mm. Uh, firstly, a PFA official has been suspended as part of an investigation into its charitable arm. Yes, um, the, the PFA uh, it, it, it gets a lot of attention, as as we know. It it is actually split into two elements. There is the the PFA union, which looks after the the interests of the members, and then there is the PFA charity. Now, the PFA charity has got sixty two million pounds worth of assets, which it uses to to fund events, um, and uh, you know, we're aware that some of those a- assets. Might look a little bit unusual. Uh, you know, you know they, they've got some paintings by Lowry mm. and so on, and they've got a lot of cash um, and so on. Um, and uh, the the charity commission has instigated a statutory inquiry, which, with reference to conflicts of interest, uh, and, and I think historically there have been people who have been part of the union who are also sitting on the charity, and and of course that. That can give a conflict of interest because if the union, for example, says we'd like an extra hundred thousand pounds or an extra half million pounds to go into uh, the investigation of dementia uh, in, in respect of members and former members, which is which is fully understandable, mm. you then have to wait for the charity to say, "Oh, we'll give that some thought." And I, I get the impression that things aren't perhaps moving as quickly as they could uh, in respect of some of the requests um, from the union. 
Um, there are uh, there are legacy issues in terms of management. Um, I, I won't go into too many details, but I, I once gave somebody a reference uh, for a job uh, at, at PFA HQ, mm. and um, she uh, she she didn't stay there too long. Uh, and I wrote her a reference for another job, and but the stories she told me about how the place was run. Right. Did not did not reflect well. I'll say, I'll say no more than that. And, yeah. and hopefully, um, uh, things are making progress. Um, uh, you know, we, we do. We, yeah, we've spoken to Maheta. Uh, I think he wants to uh, accelerate things on behalf of the members. Um, so, the, the charity commission, you know, it said it's got serious concerns. It, the charity commission doesn't say things like that. Yeah, that is that yeah. is management speak for. Yeah. we're pretty cheesed off. Um, so hopefully this will be resolved, and, and most importantly, you know, the, the 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 PFA charity supports a lot of fantastic causes, um, and I think that that is underreflected in in some of the comments because it's it's a lot easier, and and I do exactly the same. It's a lot easier to focus on Gordon Taylor's salary, um, yep. and, and I think that has taken away from a lot of the really good work which has been undertaken historically. So. Um, it looks as if one person has been removed um, uh, from from a senior position, um, and we we await to see future developments. Yeah. Uh, just for newer listeners, Kieran, remind them who Maheto is that you spoke to. Oh, well, Maheto is the the new head of the Professional Footballers Association. He is an ex professional footballer himself, who uh, also is, subsequently became a lawyer. I think he's got a degree in law, and uh, he is uh, very keen on moving the the PFA forwards uh, in terms of education and support for members. Uh, because uh, it, it, there was there there was a legacy issue um, in terms of forty years of the same people running the organisation, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's good for continuity, but sometimes uh, a, a a new look and, and a, a new perspective can be of benefit. Yeah, Maheta replaced Gordon Taylor, who we believe is now retired to his lair under a volcano. <laughs> um, right. And talking of. Um, troubles and troubling practices the government is currently conducting a review into the gambling industry and chris philp who's the gambling minister has told mps he's seeing extremely troubling practices from some of the big operators kieran this is a story we're covering on virtually a weekly basis and it, it seems to me that the that the rolling stone is gathering a lot of moss now and i i can't see any other outcome for this that the gambling not being allowed Anywhere near football in, within the next decade is my guess. Um, yeah, I mean Chris Chris uh, he's a Palace fan, by the way. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh dear! It's hard enough having to like Tracy Crouch. Don't ask me to start liking another Tory minister, Kieran, just because he's a Palace fan. Oh, Craig, like Tracy's he's wonderful. My, Tracy's wonderful, but Chris Philp is now my second favourite uh, government minister. Right. Um, Which doesn't yes. take a lot of doing. To be fair, Kieran, that doesn't take a lot of doing. To be honest. <laughs> So, so what are these troubling practices? So, I've had a look at Hansard, and he's not gone into specifics apart from saying it's in relation to um, some of the online activities, and an awful lot of football petting takes place online. Yeah, but you know, my, my concerns would be um, free bets and free yeah. spins. That, that's that's yeah. a gateway drug. 
Absolutely. You know, there is yeah. no doubt about it. It's it's the equivalent of having a drug dealer outside of school offering yeah. freebie bags, um, and that can lead to things. Um, you know, th- there's an awful lot of promotion of Ackers. Ackers are big winners. Um, there's also the fact, yeah, uh, again for people not in the ITK about betting, ACAs are accumulators, which is where you bet on several things to happen at once. So yes, it's it's hard enough to win one bet. So they encourage you to bet on the results of six or seven games, which is of course is much 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 harder. Absolutely, uh, but if you are a successful gambler, uh, you know the the. the uh, the slogan of the gambling industry is "When the fun stops, stop." Yeah. Uh, you know that's often often when the fun stops. That's that's when you've got huge debts. That's when you're Absolutely. contemplating yeah. taking your own life. That's when you've yeah. got domestic violence and, yeah. and 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 relations split split ups. That you know. So, um, but as far as the gambling industry is concerned, when the fun stops, it's normally because they've got somebody who's a successful customer, and all what they do is just close down their accounts. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it, it's it's a it's uh, it's hypocrisy. Um, and there's also been issues this weekend which have been highlighted to us from from some of the people that listen to the show is that as we know we, we just had the FA Cup and, it, and I think it was a it was a fantastic weekend of FA Cup football yeah, yeah. The, um, I, I know not all of the uh, you know, not, there wasn't many uh, uh, giant slayed but the, you know Shrewsbury took the lead at uh, Liverpool and, and and the same happened at Spurs Morgan, and, and it, yeah. you know, it was it was genuinely exciting stuff Cambridge beat Newcastle, Newcastle results yeah, yes less, and, yeah uh, we can re- re- keep repeating that yep yeah, yep yeah. <laughs> Um, but if if your match was not taking place live, and for whatever reason you're unable to go, um, what you had to do is to open up an account with a bookmaker because yeah. they have the streaming rights for all of the remaining matches. Wow. Um, and I think that's with William Hill or Bet Three Six Five. And there has been something about this in the press to say, well, you know, the FA is going to end it, uh, but it's still going to continue until 2024 because yeah. it's going to cost the FA too much to to walk away from the deal now. They'd have to presumably to give compensation to uh, the gambling industry. And if there's one industry that probably doesn't deserve any compensation, it's the gambling industry. So, um, yes, th- th- this this is a cause of concern. And, and my my reservation is that, if we just go for a ban on um, football shirts and front of shirt advertising, it's it's not addressing the issue because there's still the the huge sums being spent on marketing. Um, there's still the perimeter advertising taking place, so it might not be on the shirt, but if it's advertising a gambling company and it's whizzing round on a on an LED display, it, it's just an element of tokenism. Um, and, and I suspect that the big gambling companies, with the exception of Bet365, none of them actually sponsor individual clubs. Mm. Um, they they would be not bothered in the least. Um, and, and they talk about having a whistle-to-whistle ban, and, and they try to make that sound rather grandiose, and it's a huge commitment by them. A whistle-to-whistle ban actually means that they don't advertise their products at halftime. Yeah, and that's it. But what you will find is that the the TV program is being sponsored by a gambling company. So it says this match is being sponsored by such yeah. and such a gambler. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're not advertising it, but by golly, you're you're, you're pretty you're getting as damn close to it as, as can be. In respect to the FA Cup games being streamed on gambling sites, the gambling industry would probably point out that Premier League games are streamed on Amazon. 
you know, twice a season, there's there's a whole block of games on Amazon, and, and Amazon's a company associated with many problems of its own, the way they treat their staff, for example. So they would probably point to an element of hypocrisy there, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, but I mean, I've, I've got an Amazon Prime account. Yeah, I, it, it, it's not it's not addictive. You know, I, no, I, I, I get yeah. I get my wonky chomps from it. I, I don't. I'm not buying them for. I'm not ordering them from you know from wonky chomps every single day. Um, and also, um, yeah, Amazon aren't texting me. Amazon aren't sending me emails as to have you thought about buying this? Yeah, if, if you go on Amazon Prime, it will it will come up with a list of things to suggest that you buy. But um, I, I think it's very tenuous. Ultimately, Amazon is a retailer, and, and you know we can look at the whole of the retail industry. Um, you know, IKEA have just been uh, up up because they Indeed. they are going to uh, Lower reduce the wages. Yeah. yeah. Um, and lower, sorry, yeah, we're both we're both trying to say the lowering wages of unvaccinated workers. Yeah, so yeah. Go sick, yeah. Um, do you think Finley might be addicted to wonky chomps? <laughs> I think he is. Although, uh, you know, he he, uh, I, there was before before the show started, there was a knock on the door, and I think I thought it was our regular supply because we we are actually on a on a we we get them supplied on every six weeks now, of course, um, automatically. And again, and perhaps you perhaps you could say that's down to Amazon Prime because they're they're the people that supply them. But it turns out that uh, yeah, yeah, we've mentioned pies on the show before. Well, the the pie company has sent me a huge hamper stuffed full of uh, pies. Oh, that's that's nice. Which, which is very nice of piglets. That is, that is, that is, that's lovely, considering it, we've mentioned pies quite a lot on the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they sent you the box of pies. Yeah, just just in terms of Finley and his his mental health. Uh, Finley's a dog, by the way, for new listeners. In in five and a half weeks into that six week cycle, is he is he anxious? Is he is he looking at the door constantly? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, speak. Well, you the, heard him on Sunday. He I did hear him on Sunday. He was he. he he had a proper fit on Sunday, didn't he? As, as indeed you did when you were chasing him around the house. Um, uh, talking of the FA Cup third round, uh, one or two of the games were played behind closed doors and the EFL has appealed now to the Welsh government over the ban on fans at games in Wales because of COVID-19 regulations. Yes, I mean, the EFL has three members, Cardiff, Swansea and Newport, um, who play who play in in their in their competition, um, and and as we're aware, the Welsh government has has introduced uh, stricter rules um, yep. in, in respect of who can and cannot attend, um, and and it does seem a, a bit strange that people can still meet indoors, but they can't meet outdoors. Mm. Um, and uh, I think there was a letter from Trevor Birch. You know, Trevor's a, Trevor's a friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't know the exact details, but broadly along the lines that for each, you know, for each set of fixtures, it's, it's costing those clubs somewhere in the region of 400 grand uh, in terms of lost match day takings. Uh, but also it, it does impact upon the supply chain because, yeah. uh, you know, you, 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 we both sent photographs of uh, what we were doing at the weekend for our FA Cup games, and you you were helping to support a, a, a local establishment from half past nine in the morning, and I, and I went to uh, I went to a fantastic curry pub in in, uh, in the West Midlands, and and you know football fans put put their you know they 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 put their money where their mouths are. Yeah, yeah, and. Um- Newcastle at the moment, from our point of view, are the gift that keep on giving in terms of news. Um, and Mike Ashley has launched legal action against Amanda Staveley, the financier who led 
the Saudi-backed takeover of Newcastle United and who football TV directors can't resist cutaways to Amanda Staveley every time something bad happens on the pitch at Newcastle. Uh, So what's this about, Kieran? Well, um, all that we know is that there is a uh, there are legal proceedings. It, it looks like the the relationship between Mike Ashley and Amanda Staveley, which has been volatile. Uh, if, if you look at some of the comments that he's made over the course of you know, it, it was it took it was a three year dalliance before the comp- before the, the takeover finally took place. Um, is that he has is taking some action against her? Mike Ashley is a fairly litigious individual. Uh, oh, you've, okay. you've, you know, you've only got to uh, see what has happened between Mike Ashley's companies and uh, Rangers Football Club. Um, you know, if he if he if he gets what he considers to be a good deal, he will. He's he's like a he's like a dog with a bone. You know, and uh, you know, Rangers fans are. Probably as unhappy with Mike Ashley as as Newcastle fans yeah. because they, they, their club has suffered in the back of that. Um, so I bit I did a bit of digging, um, and I came across uh, Amanda Staveley's company is called PCP Capital Partners, and in April 2020. Um, they took out a charge. Now, a charge is another, you know, sort of legalese for a mortgage from a company called St. James's Holdings. And St. James's Holdings just happens to be Mike Ashley's company, which oh. owns Newcastle United or owned Newcastle United. So it it looks as if St. James's Holdings has lent money to PCP Capital Partners. Now, has that money subsequently been used to then buy Amanda Staveley's 10% of Newcastle United, um, and you know, is there some sort of now we're into some form of circularity? Uh, you know, does PCP Partners now have to repay that money to to St James's? We we don't know, um, so it is conjecture. But um, there there have been historic links between uh, Mike Ashley's vehicles and Amanda Staveley's vehicles, and uh, as, as I said earlier, you know, if, if you if you don't do exactly what Mike Ashley's contract says. He will come on. He will come on to you, you know, with like a ton of hot bricks. Well, it, if it, there's it, such a thing, it, there must be somewhere along the line. There must have been a ton of hot bricks. Yes, there's no. You wouldn't just make that up, would you? Um, just, just in general, though, if if Amanda Staveley did borrow money from Mike Ashley to use to fund part of the bid for Newcastle, would that in general be illegal or irregular? Or no, no, that's that's perfectly. Right, uh, perfectly acceptable, perfectly within within the remit of the law. Oh, okay, that uh, makes me wonder if NatWest worry that I'm asking money from them so I can buy NatWest. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's one of the reasons. Um, former Ipswich Town chairman Marcus Evans is looking to buy a stake in Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield Town are a team whose finances have been slightly up and down in the past few years. So it's interesting that he's looking to make a comeback up there. Yes, um, the, the the present owner of Huddersfield Town, his other businesses, some of those have gone into administration. So right. we don't know the state of his finances. I think Huddersfield Town fans have felt disappointed because they, they were owned by a guy who got uh, Dean Hoyle, I think it was, yeah. who uh, under Dean Hoyle they, they they got up to the the Premier League. They they survived that first season. They did really well. Um, and yeah, there, there was it, there was a feel good factor uh, in the town. It then was relegated. Dean Hoyle sold 
75%, I think it was, of the club because I think he had some personal issues to deal with. And the person that bought it, this is this is where things start to get a little bit confusing. Um, you know, it, it looks as if, and we're not certain of this, it, it looks as if uh, perhaps the, you know, the parachute payments and the money which Huddersfield then received when they dropped it back down into the EFL – was that then used to 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 pay the old owner? We're we're not certain about that, but right. it looks like the present owner is is looking to move on. Now, I think Marcus Evans, uh, his relationship with Ipswich Town fans was uh, fractious, stroke toxic, um, and it's 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 another one of these these intriguing things. Yeah, we, we've spoken about it in terms of uh, Preston with Trevor Hemmings. You've got somebody that that buys into a football club. And is prepared to put in seven, eight, nine million pounds a year to keep the club in its present position, and and then the fans start to get ungrateful. Yeah, they say, "Oh, we lack of ambition." Well, yeah, if 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 you're putting millions of pounds into a football club on a year by year basis, and frankly, you're not getting a huge amount out of it apart from abuse from fans. You you wonder why some of these people actually stick in the game, but um, football. Is uh, is a seductive industry, um, you know? As as the Smiths sang on their debut album, it's like a moth to a flame. Mm. And Marcus Evans looks like he wants to come back, a bit like Mike Ashley potentially wants to come back, and right, he is that yeah. relationship because it it's unique. Uh, it's it's unique for us as uh, as fans in terms of our relationship with the club, and it looks like it's it's unique as far as as owners are concerned as well. They could have a horrendous relationship with one set of fans, and you, then you would think they're going to walk away and say never again, and almost straight away they're they're, yeah. they're, they're back saying, well, I I can do it differently this time with a different set of fans, uh, different set of circumstances. Now, I like the fact that producer guy has tucked this next story away towards the end of the stories because he he knows my attention span very well. He obviously thought that by now I'll, I'll have drifted off a little bit and I might not be really paying full attention to this story and I might just read it out and and, and make no comment to it. But producer guy's wrong because um, I've been really looking forward to telling this story. Um, West Brom and Brighton, Kieran, have successfully secured 10-year trademarks for the names The Albion and Albion with respect to merchandise, which is bad news for a pub in South Norwood called The Albion. What what they're going to do, they'll, they'll be getting sued by West Brom and Brighton. They'll be, the poor little bloke who runs it will be waking up one morning, there's two letters on his doormat. <laughs> you know, you're going to be sued. So which so which of you, know, I, I hesitate to ask you this, Kieran, but which of you have secured The Albion and which has secured Albion? So, for example, when you get more free pies, are they the Albion pies or just Albion pies? Well, yeah, this, this is this is a weird one, and um, my main yeah, concern is that uh, there's Albion kebabs just down from the station at Brighton, um, which is uh, which which has got blue and white stripes on the uh, on the livery there, and uh, you know if, when it when it is eleven o'clock at night, uh, where else do you turn but to the, uh, the the spinning the spinning spinning lab? Yeah, of um, course, but does a kebab count as merchandise? Though? Would would the Albion kebab shop say this is not merchandise? This is a product. See, this is well, the yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If, if if you if you take a look, uh, and in terms of uh, trademark law, you can have identical products 
um, and identical trademarks or, or a style of trademarks. If you think about you know the the rampant lion, well, both Millwall and Chelsea have those on on their crest. You've yeah. got Hitchin and Norwich; they both have canaries. Yeah. Um, Mattel, uh, it turns out, have have a trademark for the word Chelsea, but as that's a a uh, that's a that's a doll. Although oh, okay. get, get, get opportunity here to talk about plastic fans, of course, yeah. Stamford Bridge. But I, I, I wouldn't sink that though. Um, so um, some some words are, have been trademarked many times. Um, it looks as if the, speaking to uh, somebody who is ITK with uh, with with uh, IP law is that it's it's the aim of stopping the the half and half scarf brigade outside the outside matches. Um, and, and I know what some people were saying. Well, how, how often do, do people sell half and half scars outside Brighton matches? Um, well, once is once too many, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but uh, what you can't do, you, you can't use the crest of the club. You can't use, say, Brighton Hove Albion. And what I think both Brighton and West Brom are doing is, is to stop them using this, this one more word. Um, so, so that's it. It's you know it's it's about as you know, as sadly about as twenty twenty two a story as you can get that you know so, clubs clubs are, ta- clubs are taking these actions so so if you use the word Albion and I know some people will say well hold on it's it's, it's a word which has it's been as part of the English vocabulary for you know fifteen sixteen hundred years if you yeah. trace it all the way back um, you you can use the word for any other line of products with the exception of um, football football style merchandise. Oh, well, that's that's kind of you. Yes, given, no, given us yes. permission to use the you know, there are certain druids up and down the country who, who will be very upset to know that you've given them permission to use the word Albion when they're talking about King Arthur sleeping under a stone somewhere <laughs> in Albion. So when Albion played the Albion in the FA Cup trademark FA Cup last Saturday, <laughs> if some poor sod was outside the ground trying to sell half and half the Albion. And Albion scarves, he would have been breaking the law, would he? He would have been breaking the law, yes. So those those blue and white stripes versus the blue and white stripes would have been a problem. Yes, he's frankly, it's not the bloke who's selling the scarves. I don't mind him trying to make a few bob. It's the people buying half and a half scarves. <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> Anybody over the age of seven who buys a half and a half scarf, it's just, it, it's like grown ups who buy Harry Potter scarves. I mean, I don't read the books by all means. We don't <laughs> buy this. It's like walking around Oxford a couple of weeks ago. It's like who the. Anyway, it's a, it's a story that's going to get mentioned again, Kieran. Every, oh, I know, I know. It'll be, it'll be coming back. No, you won't. Um, <laughs> unless, of course, Albion beat Palace, trademark Eagle, uh, on Friday, in which case I'll keep Sturm. And Jordan Ibe is suing AFC Bournemouth over a dispute around image rights payments. Yes, um, Jordan Ibe is a director of a company called Chung Adunga. Limited, and that has a legal claim against uh, Bournemouth Football Club, AFC Bournemouth. Um, and it looks as if, um, you know, we, we've said this before, is that when 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 a player signs a contract, uh, there's, there's effectively two contracts. There's an employment contract and there's, there's an image rights contract. And uh, it, it's a way of getting involved with some tax planning to, to try to reduce the, the, the player's uh, overall tax bill. Um, and it looks as if, um, and, and normally HMRC will say, well, we will allow a player uh, to have up to 20% of his overall package in the yeah. form of, of image rights. 
And that might be yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. If if, if you're a, a high profile player, you're in you're in the media. That's fine. With no disrespect, if if you're um, you know if you're Harrogate Town's left back, that's unlikely. They, they'll, they'll probably take a more a harsher view of, of yeah. the matters. Um, but it looks as if Bournemouth have not released uh, Jordan Ibe's uh, image rights for the final year of his contract. Now he's 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 been he's not been at uh, at, uh, at Bournemouth for for over a season. Um, he, he then went to to Derby. I don't think it, I think he only played once there. Um, and uh, you know, at, at the same time, we are, we are talking about a young man and yeah. uh, some of some of his. Out of uh, out of the club activities haven't been great. For example, yeah. he uh, he crashed his Bentley into a coffee shop in uh, in Bromley. By all accounts, almost demolished the place and yeah. and didn't stop. You know, just just went off. Um, so that 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 brought uh, attention. He's been disciplined for the club for his uh, his state and his efforts in training. So he's he's had some challenges and. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be seen by us. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to be condemning him because we don't know exactly what's been taking place. But um, I think Bournemouth are taking the view is how can we pay somebody for image rights when perhaps the individual has damaged his own image? Yeah, fair enough. Um, we've talked a lot recently, Kieran, about the wage structure in Spanish football uh, and the pay uh, salary caps and all sorts of stuff. But Samuel Umtiti is taking a pay cut at Barcelona so he can extend his contract. Well, well, yes, but this is actually, when we dig further, this is to allow Barcelona to register Ferran Torres whilst they signed him or they announced his signing for around about £55 Uh, at, at the end of December, very much a marquee signing from from City, and he's he's been a good player at uh, the Etihad, although he's not not necessarily been a first pick every time. Um, whilst they 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 announced his signing, they they couldn't play him because of the way that La Liga operates, in that you have a effectively a a football cost cap, which is the cost of the players' wages plus the amortisation. And they they compare that to how much you've got to pay out over the next twelve months in loans. So so Barcelona have extended some of their loans, so therefore that reduces their repayments. So that that's going to help them to 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 uh, uh, satisfy uh, La Liga rules. But they still had to to get some get some costs over, over off the bill. So what they've done is that Umtiti's contract was due to expire in the summer of twenty twenty three. And, and let's say that he's on, uh, you know, five million euros a year because he's he's signed, you know, with quite quite a decent deal. Mm. Um, and and what they've done is that they've said, well, instead of uh, spending that that next, you know, five or six million euros uh, over the cost of the remainder of his contract, we're going to give him an extra three years, and we're going to he's he's agreed to take a pay cut to to ensure that he stays at uh, at the new camp uh, for an extra 3 years but he's not going to earn any more money in terms of his basic now he might pick up additional money in terms of bonuses he still has the the cachet the kudos of playing for Barcelona football club and the the second benefit is that uh, it reduces the amortization charge because the amortization charge is always charged over the remainder of the contract so instead of amortization being charged between 
January 22 and June 23. We're now going to spread it over four and a half years instead of one and a half years. That reduces chart the, the cost. That frees up extra cash to pay for other things. So now they can uh, they, they can they can sign or rather they can register Ferran Torres, who unfortunately for him has just contracted COVID. Yeah, um, got one more story, Kieran, before our interview. And if you thought, as you claimed, that the Albion Albion trademark story was very 2022 this story couldn't be more 2022 that's harder to say than Sussexes I couldn't say Sussexes the other day (laughs) Um, City Football Group which owns Manchester City and other clubs is looking for someone to and I quote identify growth opportunities within the metaverse so (laughs) if you're listening to this and your CV contains can identify growth opportunities within the metaverse I would get in touch with Man City quite quickly because they're looking for someone to identify growth opportunities within the metaverse. Yes, uh, and, exactly. and there is a website. That's, called- the, res- that's the response it deserves, Kieran. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a website called Jobs in Football, which if people yeah. are interested in jobs in football, is quite a place to look. Good place to look for jobs in football. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's another BAFTA out the window. <laughs> that's the sort of advice you're paid top bucks to give. <laughs> I'm looking for a job in football, Kieran. Well, I can recommend a website. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so th- this word metaverse has been created by our our very good uh, uh, friend. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, at yeah. Facebook and uh, City City are, are trying to increase their social media profile as are many clubs but to to see those words uh, in in a job advert for football and you know we are we are pies and pints legacy fans uh, it, 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 it it's a sad day for the game that's all I can yeah. say yeah well where does the the word Albion stand in the metaverse. I mean, is is the metaverse is Albion? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I do know what the metaverse is because it came up as a story in Have I Got News for You. But as you as you can guess, Kieran, I'm a guinea. <laughs> um, now, several weeks ago, we were discussing the unequal distribution of money between the men and women's football. Following which, Clapton Community FC got in touch to tell us the problems that can cause their women's team. So we spoke to goalkeeper Sophia Axelson to find out more. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insights, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. 
In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. Sophia, thank you very much for joining us. Um, this is probably the most open question I've ever asked anyone. But before we talk about the finances of women's football, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to Clapton Community FC, and also a little bit about the club? Uh, right, yeah, sure. So my name is Sophia. I am from Sweden, and I moved to London in 2015. Um, after a few years, I decided I wanted to get back into football, having played it since I was five years old. And I found a local team called AFC Stoke Newington, um, which was a women's run women's club. Basically, we tr- we didn't have any coaches. We trained ourselves, um, sorted everything ourselves. Um, and then just before the season 2019-2020, we were approached in one way or another, I'm not entirely sure on all the details, by um, Clapton CFC, who had started up the season before and wanted to have a women's team join their roster. Um, And we had an internal vote and decided to go for it. So we've been part of Clapton CFC since since that season. Um, Yeah, go on, sorry, Sophia. No, that's that's it, I think. Yeah, Yeah, we we very much approve of... uh, Clapton CFC on this show. We've spoken about them before, uh, in particular, the name of the ground, the old spotted dog, which is brilliant, but also the attitude of the club as well. The the kit, we've talked about that kit, which is based on the international brigades from the Spanish Civil War, and also the community ethos. There's a slight left-wing feel about the, the club as well, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You're also the general secretary for all the women's teams. So what does that entail? So I do a lot of the the backroom stuff, all the admin. Uh, I'm in touch with the FA. I'm in touch with the league. Um, I register all of our players, make sure that we've got international clearance. Um, and, um, well, I, yeah, I am I do a lot of the volunteering side on things as well. So I'm also part of, like, the comms committee, making sure that we've got um, um, all of our players, the lineup on, on the t- uh, Twitter and, you know, yeah lots of little things basically all the admin stuff and also organizing a lot of our away trips and making sure that we get there on time and within cost uh because i also oversee some of our budget stuff now oh, well we're going to come on to the the travel issue shortly the budget thing is interesting because the club and i'm going to bring kieran in on this the, the club publishes monthly accounts on their website for example november 2021 income was ten thousand two hundred and fifty three pounds 72 pence and spending was twenty nine thousand four hundred forty nine pounds 65 pence kieran the loss isn't good but the the openness is excellent isn't it yes and yeah we've been in favor of transparency at all levels of football from from day one because we've seen what happens where things are more clandestine and i think if you are open it it builds trust between all the parties uh, you know players fans 
uh, the, the the people running the club and so on. And and you know, I, I think it's it's uh, it sets a standard that uh, we uh, yeah a gold standard as far as I'm concerned that we we should be proud of. Sophia, where does most of that income of ten thousand two hundred odd pound come from? Uh, it's still merch. It's it's the the away shirt still sells quite a lot. We've got right. scarves and other things as well. And then um, as, then there's also part. It comes from renewed memberships and um, match day experiences. So so we've got a donation. Uh, we don't charge for entry. But we do have a bucket where people can donate a recommended amount. Now, at the end of last year, in a brilliant achievement, you became the first ever seventh tier women's side to reach the third round of the Women's FA Cup after, I should add, beating opponents four divisions above you, which has also never been done before. Then you were drawn away to Plymouth, which sounds like a good draw, but financially it was actually a real nuisance. Could you explain further? Oh, yes, it was a bit of a nightmare, I have to say. Um, I mean, we knew that for this round, for the third round, it was still regionalised to some degree. Um, I guess the country was then divided into three parts, so north, middle and south. Um, And we drew the the furthest team that we could have possibly drawn. Um, We don't have a travel budget as such. I think we have a few hundred pounds per year if we needed to travel by bus down to play someone in South London with bad connections or something. But um, we don't have a travel budget that would take us 500 for a 500 mile round trip. Um, So as soon as we drew that team on the Monday, uh, a group of us started discussing straight away what our best options would be. We reached out to the train company to see if we could get some kind of deal. Um, And yeah, just a lot of research, making sure that we got there on time, but also at the, the, the cheapest possible way. And the the problem is, of course, uh, when a men's team reaches the FA Cup third round, they get £82,000 for that. Women get £1,250, and that wasn't enough to cover the transport, was it? So you crowdfunded the travel cost in the end, but I believe, is that right? Yeah, we did. We had to because um, in total, after all of our wins in the FA Cup, we'd, we'd won £2,900. Um, and we hadn't yet received all of this either, obviously. So, um, and we also had to get a bus, which cost us £650 to the Bedford game. So we'd already used some of the winnings. So at that point, we just had to decide what the best course of action would be, which was to crowdfund. Um, Terrible timing, given that we'd also just started a a crowdfunder to build the changing rooms at the Old Spotted Dog. but we really didn't have much choice because um, many of our players weren't in a position to pay for themselves either. And we can't just, you know, choose a team based on who can afford to travel or not. Well, crowdfunding is brilliant. And it, it strikes me that your your fan base, which is a brilliant fan base for a club playing at your level, it strikes me that they will be happy to keep putting their hands in their pockets. But you can't keep asking for crowdfunding. There comes a time when people go say, well, hang on a second, we paid for this, we paid for that. It puts you in an awkward situation, doesn't it? It really does. And uh, I I did 
kind of struggle with the idea of starting it and I was talking to someone else um one of our other volunteers who has a lot to do with the crowdfunding for OSD and I said hopefully we can actually reach out to other people for this one that we wouldn't yeah. have to uh, ask our our members to to donate and maybe ask you know colleagues and friends and family which again doesn't doesn't feel great we shouldn't have to do that but um maybe at least not put so much pressure on on the membership again so kieran how long does it normally take i'm sure we've discussed this before but you know my attention span how long does, does it take the fa to cough up for teams like this when they've when they've gone through the rounds do, do they do you have to be knocked out of the cup before you get the money that you've earned for being in it no you you should get some uh, payments as you progress but uh, as you rightly said kevin the, the fa uh, they're, they're they're spinning a lot of plates all the time, and uh, the the focal point of uh, teams coming from the lower tiers. I don't think it necessarily gets through to the FA that money is actually needed on a on a on a regular basis because yeah. they're used to, you know they're used to dealing with the England team, they're used to dealing with the FA Cup and, and the the big teams in that where where it's it's less of a pressing issue. So um, it, it's not as quick as it could be. And the thing is, Sophia, this this eighty thousand pound difference between the men and women for reaching the third round of the FA Cup it really highlights the difficulties for women playing football at grassroots level, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, it really does. Um, that money could have, you know, made such a huge difference to us as it, as it does for, for the men's team that does reach this round i mean we've had some cup sets this this weekend and they will um hugely benefit from that but yeah it would definitely have benefited us as well yeah i mean equal pay would be nice is, is that what you want are you holding your breath for it to happen no not at all i don't think anyone is actually really striving for complete equality in terms of pay because we do understand that there is a a difference in what the teams bring in um in terms of support um across the levels but uh some some like that disparity is just completely unnecessary um i mean especially when you look at the fact that we don't even share gate receipts in the women's in the women's fa cup so right. Despite the fact that we've brought almost fifteen hundred people to all the games, because all of our games have been away games as well, um, we haven't had any of that money come back into the club. Right. So, what would the crowd have been at the Plymouth game eventually? So, I think we had about two hundred and seventy or something, and over over two hundred of them had come from London. Wow, and the result notwithstanding, you lost. But what what was the experience like? It was uh, it was heartbreaking, but but also quite amazing. The yeah. fact that we'd gotten th- gotten this far and that we'd had all of these people backing us, and they just kept singing, and we were dancing and singing with them until we got back to London Paddington. It just did not stop, and Brilliant. that was just. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I noticed in one interview that your captain, Alice Nutman, she referred to the FA banning women's football for pretty much five decades, which they did for the 1920s through to the late 70s because they were scared of the popularity of women's football back in the 20s. Do you think 
that that attitude still prevails amongst some people at the FA that there's still not a commitment, there's still a slight distaste towards women's football that that there has been for such a long time? Mm, I can't really speak much about that. I don't really know the the reasons behind things, but I do think that they tend to forget that there are women's sides below the WSL and below the the National League because there's been a lot of effort to highlight that. And especially, I think, something really changed after the 2019 World Cup. I feel like there were more teams popping up uh, all across um, the country and more people were sat down and watching the games as well. And you saw sold-out games and you saw almost 80,000 people go and watch England versus Germany at Wembley. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic, but the support further down is close to non-existent. And that's Um, where, as as Tracy Crouch pointed out in her recent uh, fan-led review, at grassroots level, that's really, really important for all football, but it's for women's football in particular, because socially, women's football is doing a really good job in, in helping get women from different societies, different cultures getting to meet uh, in terms of fitness level. So the, the money should be there for grassroots level with football, because that's as important as the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think also because women, more so, I would say, than some men, I don't, I, this is my opinion only, but we would need a, a safe place to practice a sport, a, a place where where we aren't, you know, approached by people that want to take up space because that's something that we've all been experienced is that we've, when we've been around playing football, then men come and take our space and take <sighs> over. Um, and the fact that there is such a lack of space to do that, like, yeah. is absolutely harmful as well. Like, we pay for 40 weeks of three quarters of a pitch once a week we pay over ten thousand pounds how much over ten thousand pounds for three quarters of a pitch no well no it's two thirds sorry two Two thirds of a pitch uh for 40 weeks we pay over ten thousand pounds wow and that's the only space that we can find that is within greater london we'd have to leave greater london to find a space that could house that many people for that long um, we've been quoted, you know, a quarter of a pitch is £100 per hour. Um, and it's just impossible to find good spaces. And with that pitch, does that come with use of changing facilities or do you have to turn up in your kit? I mean, most of us do anyway, but oh, there right. is there is changing room facilities, yes. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's... It's, it's to be able to play, you know, it's an all-weather pitch. It's just been refurbished and that's why the price is so crazy. But we can't find an alternative pitch uh, you, that will house that many people. Do you know what, Sophia? To my shame, of all the problems and difficulties that I assumed were happening at grassroots football, the safety of women wasn't one that occurred to me. And I, I just, I'm slightly embarrassed about that fact. because And also, it's just... It's twenty twenty two. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to worry about your own safety when you're playing football. It's it's oh, yeah yeah. But finances aside, um, Sophia, we got the Euros coming up. Where do you where do you think women's football in England stands at the moment compared to say Sweden or the rest of Europe or America? Um, I think it's in a fairly good position. I do think that there is some uh, some idea of 
greatness in, in England. Yeah. Um, that can maybe also spills over to the men's side. You know, this is it's coming home kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but I do think that it is it is apparent that uh, that um, efforts are being made to really elevate the women's football here as well on at the top level. Yeah, uh, Sophia, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we wish you all the best for the rest of the season and to the, the rest of your club. Um, and hopefully we'll get to talk again in the future. Thank you for having me. I mean, Kieran, it's, I mean, we know about the, the level of disparity between the two teams. But what was interesting is just as we finished recording, um, because... I pressed stop too early. Sophia was talking about how they're victims of success. Women's football is is doing very well, which means that many, many more young women and and non-binary people want to play football, but they simply can't afford to let them do this because they haven't got the space or the facilities to let... so So you're losing people from grassroots football because... The money's not trickling down from from football, and we're talking we're talking small amounts of money. I mean, it's, it's well. Having said that, I, I, she said about ten thousand pounds for two thirds of a pitch for a year. That that that's a lot of money, but for the sake of ten twenty thousand pounds a year, we're losing young women, young people from the game, and and grassroots football is where it all starts. It's the most important thing in football, and it's, that was that was really disturbing to hear that the, the success of women's football at the top level is causing problems at the grassroots level. It, it's it's crazy. And the thing about football is that it, it's good for health. It's good for community. It's good for education. Of course. It, it brings people together on so many different levels. You know, you know, we, we have a discussion about that you go down to Porson's Arms as a Crystal Palace fan but you will engage in conversations with a plumber, a lawyer, an accountant, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a singer, and so on that you would never have had otherwise. And, and it's uh, it is such a force for good that it should be viewed as part of the NHS at gra- the grassroots level. Yeah, um, and yeah, it, it's 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 a shame that uh, the opportunities and Clapton are a fantastic club, but they yeah. are one of dozens and dozens, hundreds of fantastic clubs who are doing amazing things. Um, and and just you, 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 a little bit of seed capital, a little bit of financial yeah. support. And, you know, should we be blaming the local councils for this? Well, you know, and, and this is, yeah, actually, you know, I'm, I'm not political at all, but they're having their budgets taken away. Yeah. Therefore, you know, should it be a central government issue that there should be you know, a, a greater investment in this? Because we, we all benefit in the long run. Uh, from from uh, exercise and and, well, it, and coming together, it, it, you can't help but be political about it because you know over previous decades we've had governments that have happily sold off sports grounds all over the country or allowed them to be sold off for housing development. So yeah, it, it is political. Everything's political, as, as my son would say. But just and even things like Sophia talking about the lack of safe space for women. To yeah, play that was football. shocking. Yeah. Really. And it is part of the problem that it didn't occur to me that that was a problem, and and that, that I was kind of speechless there for a moment because it's just yeah we go we go along our merry way as blokes, not realizing the issues that women are facing at all levels, and it's and it's 
Anyway, on that sad note, um, Kieran, uh, if uh, any of our listeners would like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, that would be lovely, and they could do that by going to patreon.com slash price of football, or perhaps this month they could donate some of that money instead to Clapton Community FC. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com, and I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell. Well, once again, folks, thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for uh, communicating with us, putting us right when we're wrong, which it does happen (laughs) quite regularly. (laughs) And it's great that you're on the ball. Um, If you want to support us through Patreon or just through through listening, that's grand. If if you want to help us in some other way, just just send some good karma to the show. Um, If you go on to that that, that Apple app, and now Spotify, I believe, are doing it as well. And uh, if you can give us a review, uh, it, it helps us in the charts, the more reviews that we get. Uh, it, it doesn't matter uh, what you say. You, you can say you, that you'd rather have the show presented by Sven Goran Eriksson and Daphne from Scooby Doo. Doesn't make a blind bit of difference, uh, apparently, according to producer Guy. But uh, it, it helps us in the charts and it helps us to uh, have have a degree of credibility uh, when when we're trying to to book guests, which of course evaporates in seconds once we start uh, wittering away <laughs> talking the usual. Indeed, indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah. Well, does does saying that Daphne from Scooby Doo was the one that I was most interested in as a young man? Is that nonsense? Not intelligent woman. I've always liked an intelligent woman. Kid. Um, uh, this we need to find a way of ending this pod without it meandering into the, just it, every every pod we do ends dot dot dot. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>